Hello and welcome to the Tea and Toast podcast, the bi-weekly podcast which focuses on mental health and wellness. On today's show we have Cherie Joy, founder of See Joy Counselling. Today's episode is something slightly different and close to my heart and it's about counselling. The first thing we associate with self-recovery is the aspect of therapy and something that I can imagine is being more and more sought after given the current climate. We'll be covering what it's like to begin counselling, what counselling is all about, and the uncomfortable process of self-love and radical self-compassion. Whilst counselling may seem daunting, and the aspect of self-care and self-love, it's important that you listen through to today's episode to understand fully how to achieve self-recovery, but also how to connect with Cherie after this podcast. Thank you, Cherie, for joining us today on the Tea and Toast podcast. It's great to have you on the show and thank you once again. I think it'll be great if you can just explain to the listeners a little bit more about yourself, how you began counselling and consultancy. Yeah, and more about yourself, if that's okay. Yeah, yes. Hi, my name's Cherie, Cherie Joy, and that's my maiden name. So my work has brought me back onto the path of joy. I'm a counsellor and then a psychotherapist. I was one of the youngest people to become a counsellor. And I went straight into the NHS and then the prison service and kind of worked in mental health and, yeah, made a name for myself kind of in mental health and psychotherapy, yeah, in the NHS and the prison service, which was super exciting and, yeah, the hard end of therapy work really working with the most traumatized and uh, the saddest people in society really um, or known to society I should say that was great for my career I then had two wonderful children Rosie and Thomas my life made a bit of a kind of change I had a bit of a u-turn and my marriage sadly broke down and um, yeah I had two children and a massive career in psychotherapy and mental health and yeah god put me on a different trajectory to back onto the joy path um hence actually changing my name back to Cherie Joy and I went into private practice the NHS was quite a lot at that time so I went into private practice I started with uh, three clients and have built up my private practice and yeah I generally still enjoy doing psychotherapy for people that are struggling with suicide and self-harm and where they're kind of really jaded by life and anxiety and depression and see joy came about because there is a semicolon between see and joy wanting to see the joy that really comes about in human beings and how therapy kind of fits in with that the semicolon represents the end of one part of the sentence and the beginning and beginning of another not being an English language person too much but knowing that that is really true and it's not a comma it's not a full stop it's not the end of the story but it's a pause in the story and so for me the semicolon is really important and the part of the work that I do in kind of that part of psychotherapy so that's how the name came about (laughs) and yeah that's how my business came about really it's um yeah a combination of uh, a love of counseling and psychotherapy from yeah an interesting career path to date I love the definition that you had Sheree in terms of like you said God's put you on a different path of joy and bringing that through and seeing the joy in the work that you do it's really amazing that you're doing stuff like this it also takes a special kind of person that can do that and I always 
credit counsellors massively because it's something that really helped me as well personally. And I think that one of the things that would be really interesting is, especially during this time, have you seen an increase in people coming to you and seeking services? And is it often around anxiety or what's the sort of common thing that's that sort of ties everyone together at the moment that understand probably in the pandemic things have currently mm-hmm. spiked um, from your side as well? Yeah, well, my view is that we all have a mental health and we all have an emotional health. We all have a kind of the same that we have a a physical well-being. So that's that's true for all of us. But the thing about what's collectively going on around the pandemic and the associated impacts of the pandemic is that anxiety is a feeling and anxiety is a symptom of mental health. And as we've got more information coming in that threatens so much of our understanding of the world so much of our our physical health our family health our well-being our financial health the financial health of the country the financial health of the world the housing market you know just walking into your local Sainsbury's creates just what is there the feeling is accentuated so much and that is true for all of us and it has an impact on all of us in, in, in different ways. Anxiety is probably the one that I'm seeing peaking the most, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't there. It just means that it's a symptom that's showing up and is more prevalent. And also we have more time to think about our health. You know, Joe Wicks has proved that we have more time to do 20 minutes workout, but we have more time to plan our shopping and therefore get through the shops quicker. So there's less risk to us and our families. We have more time. We have more time to do our gardening. We have more time for everything. And that means we have more time to focus on who we are and what's going on with our feelings. And that can be really uncomfortable. It can be so joyous but actually it can be really uncomfortable. Some of of the stuff that we may have been able to distract from previously, we can't anymore. There's less escape from from ourselves. And so, yeah, anxiety is definitely more prevalent. I'm definitely seeing that more so both on the individual level and the collective level. And it's interesting that you mentioned about the distractions and the uncomfortable feeling with sort of facing our feelings and our anxiety um, that we might have during this time and that's something that's come up quite a lot I think a lot of people are nervous when beginning counselling and have Mm. a bit of anxiety around beginning that process what would you say to anybody listening that is interested in counselling and slightly nervous about that journey I'd say that actually if you're feeling nervous about that that's the most positive thing because you're willing to then go to a place which is challenging and you're going to challenge yourself. So it would be a bit like going to a party in pyjamas if you weren't nervous about starting counselling. Like it's kind of one of those things of, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be challenging and yeah, it's hard work and yeah, it's not normal. Like it's not, not usually you would kind of say to a mate, hey, how are you? And they say, hey, how are you? But in the counselling and therapy setting it's totally different the spotlight is on you for you not to be nervous about that would frankly be a bit weird and we'd also then be kind of going down a completely different route of what type of therapy you need so you know if you if you feel you need some support you're going to the right place and you're going with the right attitude if you feel nervous so kind of go okay cool that feels right and when we do something that we are scared of or do something that's exciting because it will be exciting you're going to get the best out of you by doing this so it's a combination of being nervous and excited nervous so 
you know it's a bit like sitting an exam oh this is scary have I done enough work oh maybe not but actually you're going to get a certificate at the end of this and it's going to prove that you've done what you've done and yeah therapy's a bit like that so kind of just take a deep breath and say okay I've, uh, you know that shows that you're aligned with where you're going and, and what feels right for you that is so true that sometimes the things that are best for us are the most nerve-wracking thing because mm. it's really out of our comfort zone and I totally agree that sometimes it feels worse at the beginning but it's all to for having like a positive end to it and mm. it is a brave step and recognizing that you do want to speak to somebody in itself is a is a massive positive like you mentioned and I hope that anybody listening to this understands that because I think there is a hesitation <laughs> around counseling sometimes and when people do feel a bit hesitant and from from your sort of experience within that often what do you find is the biggest hesitation at the beginning of that yeah some people do some people don't really know why they're hesitant I think the most important thing is that even though it's challenging you feel comfy talking to that person even in the challenging side of things so the most important thing is to feel comfortable enough it's good enough I can, I can do this and that you feel that that's the right person so I always say to someone when they come and see me for the first time if you feel like I'm not talking your language or I'm a complete nut job you know, I'm not the one for you and we will find someone that kind of is an appropriate fit for you because you need to feel that you feel attuned to that person and that you feel that they really speak your language. And we get vibes off people all the time. We get vibes in, in all walks of life. And if you vibe with that person, that is the most important thing. Because when you go to a therapist, you don't hear about their, their stuff. And, and the reason for that is so you don't get an expectation of who they are they're not a friend and the relationship is therapeutic so it is really important to to have that sense of yeah they I can have them on my team that's okay to go and speak to them once twice a week and yeah just gel with that person it's almost like you have your your cheerleader and there's somebody that that gets you and I just yeah I can see why you're amazing at this Cherie even talking to you now I'm just oh, so just nodding the whole, the whole way and it is so important like you said to be in tune with that person because I've had experiences before where it's it's caused a bit of a barrier and you do need to feel mm. comfortable with that person to feel like you can yeah. speak openly for Definitely. it to actually be effective how would you describe self-love gratification and radical self-care which I know are your sort of important three stages through the therapy that you do yeah so I'm really passionate about um, kind of radical self-love and the way that I understand that is that you have a kind of baseline getting a good night's sleep eating appropriately for you and your body washing brushing your teeth those kind of baseline things of just what you need to keep you going and if some of those things are out of out of whack in any way ordinarily you find that that's when you're like oh okay i'm a, i'm low in mood and if they're really out of whack okay i'm i'm depressed or wow that anxiety is really showing up and i'm getting a bit paranoid and that's keeping me awake at night or that's glitching my sleep and so that kind of standard is your kind of baseline of understanding of who you are and your self-recognition of that then you've got kind of the things that you do to 
put a bit more of a smile on your face, a bit of a kind of, you know, oh, okay, that's nice. That's for me. And that could be watching comedy programs, reading a book, a bath, a glass of wine, a, a nice smoothie, um, going for a wander in the woods, going to the sea or a lake or a pond, hanging out with animals, all the things that just feel wonderful to you. And they don't necessarily cost any money. The smell of grass, the things that actually just feel right for you. I would define that as self-love and self-care. Then you've got the radical stuff. Now, the radical stuff is really what we focus on in therapy, doing some kind of identity work um, in therapy. And that's what I'm really passionate about because radical self-love is taking all of you and it's taking every part of you and saying, okay, what do I really need? And what can I really accept about what I really need? And that's going to mean that sometimes you're going to need maybe two glasses of wine, maybe three glasses of wine, whatever you do to chill out, whatever it might be that feels a bit naughty, maybe. So it might be sleeping for longer. It might be binging out on a box set when actually you should be cleaning the house or maybe you should even be at work. It's going to be that extra, extra mile that actually feels like you shouldn't do it. It's usually got an edge to it of, no, I shouldn't be doing that. Like the whole tub of Ben and Jerry's that we all do, if you like Ben and Jerry's. And what is it about how we approach that? What is it that we get from it? And what is it about what, how we approach it? Now, what we tend to do is we fight against it. We fight against it and say, no, I should be exercising all the time i should be eating a nutritious diet well yeah of course you should but one tub of ben and jerry's occasionally when you're feeling like might make you feel a bit more hmm and when you feel a bit more hmm you might be able to then go uh okay what's tomorrow gonna hold where am i motivated what are my intentions how do i feel and it's using those things radically to actually love yourself how can you gift yourself all of you and all of what you're compelled to do and I'm not advocating you know hardcore going on it <laughs> and actually burning yourself out I'm advocating taking all of the world and saying which bits of it feel right for me and do I not really want to fight against who am I and what type of person am I responding to the world that I live in because the world that we live in is not paradise and we've seen that definitely this year <laughs> we knew it before but we've definitely seen it this year and how do I respond to that and it, it it gives us the freedom the autonomy to make those choices and in making those choices it also unlocks a freedom and a liberation to be who we are and respond accordingly yeah we've seen that also in the last year there's a lot of discrepancy about how you can interpret some of these rules and poor Boris has been really taking them he's been really ribbed about that you know but actually how do you take it what does it mean for you and how does that allow your voice to come about and we can then be pulled down the anxiety of oh, I don't know how to keep the rules no one knows how to keep the rules we don't know what the rules are they don't know what the rules are and that's the first time that we're really really seeing that thin veil between what is right and what is wrong because we're having to assess what's right for us, what feels right for us and our safety. And I think going to a place of radical self-love and being able to identify that is really, really important. We're all a bit hesitant to do that little bit extra for ourselves. So like mm. you mentioned about the Ben and Jerry's, 
we, we all do that and it does make us feel good in that moment as well definitely in the next day when it comes to self um, love and radical self-love because I think it how you explain it is something that I think we all would love to be able to achieve and I know sometimes there's a bit of hold back and it comes more internally and the justification element and like you said the feeling of it being a naughty thing rather than we, we should be doing that for ourselves how do we mm-hmm. push past those barriers to help achieve that self-love and that radical self-love that we all really do deserve especially like you said this year has definitely been a year that's sort of tested us all Mm. so how can we push past those barriers um of that internal voice saying oh I shouldn't really be doing this I think hearing that internal voice is absolutely imperative so what is your internal voice saying and is that a voice of the government is it a voice of your mum is it a voice of your dad is it a voice of your nan is it a voice of school is it a voice of work is it a voice of negative or positive is it a voice of punishment or reward is it a voice of abuse is it a voice that you want to hear do you agree with that voice do you understand where it's coming from would you say that to your best friend would you say that to your animal would you say that to yourself yesterday would you say that to yourself tomorrow what is it who is it how is it gelling with you and what do you want to say to that voice so creating that inner dialogue because the dialogue we ordinarily have is don't you shouldn't they say no and they're all very external and growing your internal smile delight joy response freedom liberation balance harmony and that does come about through I'm not going to go to the second bottle of wine I'm not going to go to the second tub of Ben and Jerry's this week what do I want to do and sometimes we find that the more that we listen to that actually you know you might not even like Ben and Jerry's but you have seen on a tv program that that's the appropriate way to respond to heartbreak I don't even like it what am I doing how does this work for me? What would I prefer to do? I might prefer to bake a cake. I might prefer to make my own frozen yogurt. You know, what is it about what you do? And it's not necessarily always about responding in a healthier way, because that's a perceived health according to what another person has told you. It's about what's right for you. Now, ordinarily, it does turn out that it's probably a healthier response. And yeah, you kind of have the eye roll moment of, yeah, okay, all right, it usually is. But how does that then make you feel? Do you then feel rewarded by that? Or do you feel like, oh, that was right. They were right. I'm always wrong. And then listen to that voice. And what you find is you become kind of an investigator in your own world. It is easier to do when you're in therapy and in a therapeutic relationship, because hopefully your your therapist will challenge you and say, oh, one minute, have you thought about that bit? Because they can have light bulb moments about you because that's what they're there for. And so it's, yeah, it's creating that exploration, becoming a bit of a project for yourself. Becoming a project for yourself. And you mentioned as well about addressing that voice and sort of making it your own it's interesting because we all have this inner voice, the negative way of thinking about it. And I know some people reference it as sort of your inner child, but actually having that dialogue is really important to understand what what you value. Having that dialogue hopefully will help push away that sort of guilt that people feel with um, self-love. And I know you shared as well that I get 
what you deserve list, looking at the better relationships and communications that you associate as well with the therapy you do. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I think it also links to the element of self-care and the radical self-care that you spoke about as well. Yeah, four years ago now. And my husband had just, we parted and I I wasn't on that page to say the least. And I stood in church and it was talking about love wins and there's the Rob Bell book, Love Wins. And there was a worship song at the time um, that I was singing, but I couldn't gel with it. I couldn't make sense of what this love was. Like, I understand that Jesus died on the cross. I understand that he was born in a stable. I understand all the stories. I get that. I've been raised with it. I've questioned it. I've doubted it. I've moved away. I've come back. It's part of my practice. It's part of my life. It's part of my children. It's, just, it's part of everything. But one minute, my marriage is broken down. Say what? <laughs> love Wins? how does that work? And it was interesting because I was due that week to do quite a big conference on self-love and I couldn't do it. I didn't understand what love was anymore. Like how can, how can that make sense? And first comes love for me becomes really important at this stage because what is love and how does it come first? And one of the commandments or the only commandment being that actually love the lord your god as yourself and i've got the quote wrong but we'll stick with that one (laughs) and that interpretation and the fact that actually it's about loving god it's about loving your neighbor as yourself but when and how do you love your neighbor as yourself if you haven't put yourself first you have to put yourself first it is the typical thing of getting on a plane you have to put on your mask before putting your children's mask on because otherwise you don't have enough oxygen to put their masks on and that's the lifeline the lifeline is loving yourself knowing how to love yourself and then being able to love others and to do that radically because how do you do that without judgment you know if someone comes to me and they say that they are you know tied up in drugs or had an abusive past or having an abusive now or being an abuser how do we respond to that and actually if I'm not responding to my abusive self and just continuing to abuse myself or denying that I have any kind of shadow side I'm not responding in that divine way I'm not responding that love wins i'm not responding that you know all of that stuff i understand to be true about unconditional love and grace coming back to your question about getting what we deserve what do we deserve what's the kind of idea about what we deserve do we deserve to stay stuck and living in a kind of purgatory or hell situation where we're constantly having a go at ourselves or we're feeling the loss, or we're feeling the mourning, or we're feeling the pain, and never getting through that, and constantly bypassing it as well, which I see a lot, is that's what we feel the need to do, is I'm just going to bypass it, or I'm not going to eat that chocolate, because that will have this, 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 and this impact, and it will make me this, that, the other person, but actually, what would it be like to have a bit of it? What's it like to give yourself permission to be that person? What's it like to go through that pain? It's like going on a bear hunt. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. You've got to go through it. That's the point. And when we go through it, we get what we deserve. We go on a bear hunt and we find the bear and it's brilliant and exciting. And then we run home because actually we don't want to do that. We're never going on a bear hunt again. But of course we're going on a bear hunt again. That's life. 
but we have to go through it we have to go through that pain and it's hard it's really hard but we do get what we deserve we get the divine gifts of being wonderful human beings with the the joy the delight the just total wonder of the world and it's okay to have a bit of it it's okay for the goodies and what does that mean if we do that in a work of what is love what really is it like to love myself and be loved what is it like to offer love receive love my understanding of god's love is that it is bigger and wider than we can ever imagine it's beyond our understanding and it's totally mysterious and it throws us off trajectory especially when we think we're on it i love that definition of what is love i think love is something that we all speak about but sometimes people find it really difficult to actually accept love and from other people but also from themselves and it's so true like you said about understanding what is love for that person and what's also really important to you I know that um I spoke on another episode about love languages and being in tune with actually what you value and what other people value and it's so true what you mentioned about not denying yourself that and sometimes going through like you said that bear hunt it's scary but it's also the most liberating thing actually finding out what works for you because quite often in life we do deny ourselves certain things or we do put ourselves in uncomfortable positions what's right for me but also what's right for that person but yeah putting yourself first is so important I think it's really evident as well when you explained about self-care and self-love and I love that you bring that into your practice and try and challenge people to to go through that because it's something that seems to be a sort of core belief that sticks with us quite a lot in life is like am I enough um am I sort of worthy of this um so I think it's a great thing to sort of always go back to those three parts and also what do I deserve it's really difficult isn't it it's quite it's quite a a funny one is that we know that we should be doing it but it's so difficult to do so it's great that you have that in your practice there's so many things that we're expected to do aren't there? there's so many tick boxes our, our to-do lists are so long and so mm. to look after ourselves in a new unfamiliar trepidating trepidation way it's like okay well how do i really do that like, oh, no I'll, I'll just i'll just stay where i'm at i'll just stay where i'm at it's much mm-hmm. easier and you know that's i think also why you then get the nerves when you start and when you're in the middle and you know throughout the the journey of therapy it's because people get comfortable as well because they don't they're so scared to to sort of test themselves through that and i also love that you mentioned a couple of times about god and your faith and is that something that you bring a lot through your therapy and has that sort of helped you with where you are today so in my work yeah um i don't shy away from the fact of telling anyone um that i'm a, a christian and that um i'm kind of yeah that what i believe um however it's important that it's appropriate really so i suppose it's like anything you know i bring in parts of me that are relevant to that person and relevant to their journey and then in my therapy and my supervision and my life I kind of yeah do my own exploration but yeah it's a it's a huge part of who I am and how I love and yeah I think God has the blueprint Jesus shows us how to do it and the Holy Spirit fills us to just go on our way and the more in tune that I can be with that is where I'd like to be really I do feel that God has changed my 
passed to my expectations multiple times and that certainly keeps it interesting and challenging and no one said being a Christian was going to kind of be easy so I don't think it kind of gives us a ticket for an easy ride unfortunately wouldn't that be great but yeah it really informs who I am what I do how I mother how I live my life and that probably gives me more challenges I would have thought <laughs> yeah. yeah so but again I work with multiple faiths people different faiths and understandings and I think that we all take from the world what we take from the world and informs us about who we are and it is a journey and an adventure and I'm open for that exploration so yeah it's exciting to see each day but I like that every morning when my feet hit the floor I want the devil to go uh-oh Maybe I should take that into into my morning now. <laughs> it, helps, it actually helps me get up. It actually yeah. helps me wake up. <laughs> oh, I love that. And it's yeah. so true about different faiths and learning and understanding from one another as well. Mm. It's great that your faith shines through sort of your day-to-day and your practice, but also in your life. I think it's so important to sort of live and breathe that and how it sort of shapes you as well. It's something I'm relatively new to, and I know that um, your sister, for example, helps me massively with that journey as well as Ruthie which is really nice. Cherie we've spoken about self-love and radical self-love and how to put ourselves first and also most importantly how to begin our journey with our own self-recovery so for this final part of the episode I'd love to get some tips for the lovely listeners given the current climate of living and working from home and also now sadly entering tier three um, which isn't the nicest thing around Christmas it's a it's a rule no like you mentioned earlier nobody really knows with the rules how to apply them so there's Mm. there's a lot of fatigue there so the first point is do you have any tips for people who are feeling slightly more anxious or depressed I know we spoke earlier about there's not sort of the distractions that we might have in our lives so we're sort of Mm. facing those inner demons and issues that we might have head on so how can we sort of help with that especially if we're feeling a lot more sluggish and there is a lot of lower self-esteem at this this current time unfortunately Mm. yeah I would say it's really helpful to tune into yourself so listen to that inner voice of what feels the most appropriate thing for you at the moment is it going for a walk is it is it doing most challenging thing on your to-do list is it walking up and down the stairs to get your steps in is it chatting to a friend is it chatting to a family or or a loved one is it taking a cup of coffee and going to sit in a green area on a bench or even on the grass you know and just being with yourself in that way taking space and time for you even if you're feeling lonely actually can be the most rewarding thing because I work on the basis that everything is within you and everything is within your grasp. It's about how you access it. And ordinarily, the more space you give yourself when you're feeling really constricted, the more space you will create. But it's about how to find the the most space for you. It's the whole concept of meditation. It's the the stillness within you. Now, that is really hard to find. And so it really is one step at a time. Some people start with the brush your teeth. Brushing your teeth gives you two, three minutes to actually focus on cleaning the gunk away and having a fresh breath. The peppermint clicks into your system and 
instantly perks you up. The the cold water or the warm water, whichever way you prefer to brush your teeth, the feeling of cleanliness, the fact that you've taken two minutes just to look after yourself. So there's a author called uh, and speaker called Glennon Doyle, and she talks about doing the next best thing. And sometimes the next best thing is literally to just pull your leg out of bed, literally is to brush your teeth, literally is to just put your hair in a bun. It is just to do the most straightforward thing put a cap on make a cup of tea open the back door open a window it doesn't have to be a big thing it would be great if you picked up the phone to a therapist it would be great if you bought a self-help book it would be great if you dropped down to your knees and prayed it would be great if you could do write a journal but sometimes those things feel too big and so it's about you know walk up and down the stairs twice yeah find out what it's like to be in child pose find out what it's like to walk around the block once more do something that feels right for you but just the next right thing for you and it can be tiny i really agree with you with when you mentioned about sometimes the list can be really overwhelming and having the small steps like cleaning your teeth and walking up and down the stairs getting your steps in it's so true sometimes the smallest things can seem really major for people that are in a state of depression especially during that time and getting out of bed can be the hardest task so Mm. it's so true cleaning your teeth and doing those sort of two three minutes for yourself can be the biggest step and it's also what's relative to to yourself having really manageable tasks that work well for you I think with regards to working from home, we're obviously feeling a lot more reactive to Mm. mobile devices. We're sort of blurring the lines between work and life. And some people aren't taking lunch breaks. Some people are working earlier, finishing later because they feel that there's a purpose. But there's also Mm. that sort of blurring of lines, which is really unhealthy at the moment. So what tips do you have for those people to try and ensure people are working in a much happier and healthier way, especially as this might be our sort of new way of working until the new year as well? I would say the most important thing is to have a plan. So if you're in a position where you feel well enough to work, you're in a position to give yourself five minutes to get a blank bit of paper and write down. And some people work really well in chunks of 20 minutes. Some people work really well in chunks of an hour. Some people work really well in chunks of 10 minutes. How do you work best? Because, you know, my attention span after an hour and a half is just gone. And I get really, I get quite destructive. I'm just like, what can I do and there's a little part of my brain that starts and I was like that at school and if I recognize that now it's like oh yeah of course you know I can't concentrate for longer than that and some days I can't concentrate for longer than five minutes so what is it what is it right the right period of time for you break that down into chunks you know make your tasks what are your priority tasks what are the things you've really got to do and what are the things that actually you'd like to do and the things that you'd like to do actually you've got more freedom because you're at home so how would you like your day to be what would you like it to look like what would you like to eat for lunch and are you happy to eat it in front of your your desk and your computer or do you want to eat it outside do you want to eat it looking at the birds from the kitchen window you know what smells do you want around you what do you want to drink in the day do you want it to be do you want it to be fueled by coffee is today a coffee day because i tell you some days are coffee days for me and other days are water and green juices you know and some days i make them and sometimes i pop to the shop and i get an innocent smoothie other days i'm drinking black coffee straight up all day until four o'clock so what do you want the day to feel like how do you want to feel plan it 
and you might only be able to plan the first part of the morning and then plan the second part of the morning because your job may mean that you need to be that responsive but just plan what you can plan what you're able to get it written down and put it in front of you and even if it's just loads of post-it notes that then you can make into a puzzle enjoy it do what feels right for you get colored post-it notes get colored pens get stickers or do it on a spreadsheet what works for you the chunks of time how and what and it brings it back to like you mentioned the whole element of self-love and what's right for for within so I definitely I love stickers and post-it notes <laughs> that's my way I'm such a visual person that when it comes to sort of mapping out the day and it's so true to sort of planned for the day because I think we were so used to doing it when we were in an office or if we had meetings but actually putting in your diary okay I need a break now and also planning like you mentioned where where do you like sitting and eating what smells do you want and what what yummy foods do you want in your tummy that day can also help to sort of motivate you to take that time for yourself Mm. Um, and I guess my final things are what are the things that people can reach out to you so what sort of help and services can you offer during this time Mm -hmm. and then finally as a parting gift any sort of words of wisdom a quote or something that you find really helpful yeah so reaching out to me you can I've got a Facebook page and an Instagram page they're the kind of two things that I do the most and my website which is cjoy co.uk and if you sign up to that you get a free two free gifts now every month so yeah sign up and stay connected with me so there's a video that I do every month and then also a calendar that has a kind of phrase of the month being quite good during um, the pandemic to be able to connect with people and to stay connected with the, the things that I think are helpful during this time so yeah sign up to that if you if you like the sound of of what I talk about. Um, I have three main approaches to work and that is kind of straight up psychotherapy, which is weekly or twice weekly or sometimes three times a week, dependent on your needs. Sessions, which are classic 50 minute appointments, counselling, psychotherapy, going into the depths of your mental and emotional well-being and the kind of patterns that are emerging to get the best version of you. So that's some kind of identity work, work around things that are impacting you. And they can be the most traumatic or they can be just what you perceive as traumatic because that's still traumatic. And anything that steals your joy in any way, that's what I'm good at. That's the gift that I've been given and the name that I've been given and re-given. I do have two therapy packages. One of those is Jaded to Joyous, the Joy Package. And that is an intensive therapy package, which works a bit more like coaching in the sense that you get a lot more input from me and access to me outside of the kind of structure of therapy it is therapy it's a therapy package but it gets you the fast route to joyousness uh, if that's a word I love waking new words up the other one is elegantly exit so elegantly exit is my calling following my divorce uh, or our divorce because we did it elegantly so there's no kind of 1990s style of divorce and we chose a conscious 
breakup. We chose it to, to do it elegantly, really. I had my therapist, but I didn't have the therapy support that I needed throughout that time. And I learned a lot from that and I gave it to myself. My offering is to anyone that has sadly found themselves in a position where they're having a breakup from a long-term relationship or a marriage and any any situation like that is so sad but what I can offer is the approach to have it elegantly and to keep your joy as much as possible throughout that it's an eight session therapy package that really walks you through how to do it elegantly there's no other course in the whole of the world that does that which I didn't realize until I started marketing it which is just super exciting so yeah and that really feels like my calling as well because it is faith-based as well so it's based on kind of what you believe and what feels right within your your faith setting wherever you're at whatever you're at so it's, it's very tailor-made to that specific situation they're my three offerings that's what see joy does and the the aim really is to see more joy in everything and not do it from a deflated position and it's about my whole approach actually to therapy and to my life is very similar to my kind of closing parting phrase which is do the next best thing so it's about doing the next best thing and if the next best thing is getting in touch with me that's awesome because I'd be honored to work with you if I'm the right fit and if I'm not the right fit we can find someone that's the right fit for you so yeah either way get in touch I love saying hi to people as well so if anyone has got anything they want to say to feedback after today I'd love to hear it either through Kirsty and Tea and Toast podcast or yeah direct to me all my details are, are slathered all across the internet because that's how we live now <laughs> Thank you. This has just been brilliant. It's it's yeah. It's it's such a wonderful offering that you you are giving to to people, especially at this time, but you know throughout. So yeah, thank Aww. you, Kirsty. Thank you, Sheree, and thank you so much for joining <laughs> me today. It's been so nice speaking to you, and honestly, I think this is going to help so many people. And I really appreciate your time because I know that you are super busy at the moment. Oh, thank so thank you. you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's Tea and Toast podcast. If you want to share any feedback or ask any questions, don't forget to follow, like and share via Instagram at Tea and Toast the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe.